This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. On this Thursday morning, we welcome you to Real Talk. Uh Uh-oh. I'm getting a phone call to my phone, Johnny, and I'm I'm wondering if it might be our... uh it's it's a Southern Alberta number on my phone, but here we are. <laughs> I, this is like uh, if you're you're running to the terminal and uh, you're you're trying to catch your flight, and you look out the window and, and it's wheels up. The plane is taking off, I, uh, but uh, you we're may already be, in the air. We're already in the air. My apologies, I cannot answer my phone to this four hundred three number. I wonder if it's our leadoff guest. I don't know. You might be getting a text in two seconds um, when we're corresponding with our guests that are. coming I'm getting up on the a show. call right now. I'm gonna. Answer. I know exactly who it is. So you go ahead and answer that. That's uh, Johnny Infamous, and my guess is is that's probably the dinger on the line rick bell the page five columnist from the calgary sun who's going to be joining us in the leadoff spot today we're going to talk some provincial politics and then we're going to talk to drax if you are a radio enthusiast if 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 back in the day you know you you sort of fell in love with talk radio and then you were inclined to listen to late night talk radio you probably know the name drax he and i were colleagues on terrestrial radio for a lot of years and uh, now he's got an FM morning show out in Vancouver. And, of course, I'm doing this independent live streaming daily talk. We love what we're doing. We love where life takes us. Drex, in an interesting development, I think it was uh, just last week, suffered a heart attack. Uh, Drex is, as far as I know about my age, I think, he's, I think he's younger than me. Like, my guess is, you never want to guess people's age. I hate getting into this. But, you know, he's probably, like, I would guess, like, between 38 and... 42 or something like that we'll see how i did on that when we talk to him but but out of nowhere the guy suffers a heart attack by himself at home he's on the mend now and i thought that it would be valuable to hear from him and to just have a chat and to figure out how he knew that something was wrong and you never know in conversations like this if you're a regular real talker if you're one of those that that you know tunes in every single day and you know you've heard all the past shows that you remember what happened last year right before our pond hockey classic you remember that a casual conversation musings about CPR and I made that statement that I that I kind of wished I could have pulled back the minute I said it, but but I just divulged that in talking to a first responder, they had told me what what probably is the truth. And, and some of you are going honestly, don't don't open the can again, man. Don't open the can again. But I said I said it was surprising to hear that CPR doesn't work as often as you might think. That 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 helping people with CPR doesn't work like 10 times out of 10 and I was like, yeah, I was surprised to hear it. And then a bunch of you wrote in and said, that's a counterproductive thing to say. It makes it sound like people don't need to learn CPR. Why would you say something like that? You've got to be more responsible with your platform. And I and I kind of sat there and went, yeah, I think you guys have a point and and we read a couple emails that were you know, taking me to task and then we had this good moment on the show and then the next day a guy drops and has a heart attack at our chair fundraising pond hockey tournament right you remember that and guess what kept him alive cpr and we had this moment where i went oh geez and then we got even more emails from you of course the astute real talkers that saw an opportunity for me to have a moment of learning and we realized that this stuff is really important so in the spirit of that i'm looking forward to talking to drex and figuring out how he's doing and, and maybe we'll hear a story from a real talker or maybe it will prompt one of you to pay closer attention to something in your life and who knows I don't want to put too much pressure on the conversation, Johnny, that we're going to have with Drex, but I, but I wonder if maybe mm-hmm. it might save somebody's life someday. Yeah. Like, what was his first warning sign? I haven't heard the story yet. I just saw his Instagram post. Yeah. 
And uh, he's, you know, he's been a longtime colleague, but a friend of mine, too. And I was like, holy shit, man, like, we got to talk about this. You know what I mean? I think this is a big one for men in general to get that yearly annual health checkup we as don't. well. And I don't want to paint a picture about Drax. I do know his father's a butcher. I do know he's a big meat lover. And that's not me as a plant based guy oh, saying boy. this is the reason or anything like that. But I'm sure he's checking his health and his diet and his exercise. I'm sure he's checking everything he did up into this point and and making some changes so we'll see what he says i bet you're right because i mean you have something like to state the obvious uh you have something like this happen something that could have snuffed your candle out Mm -hmm. something that could have put you to sleep forever young guy Uh, of course you're going to evaluate everything Mm -hmm. uh it doesn't matter who you are i mean i've you know i mean a a buddy of mine his dad died tragically early 50s and i remember my buddy saying tears in his eyes at the funeral he says to me he didn't even put butter on his bagels you know his dad was one of those guys that was like fit and lean and always exercising and it can happen to him and then well there are those anomalies like people always talk about you know my grandmother smoked till she was 92 and stuff like that but on average like most people these days if you're not living you know into your late 70s early 80s there's there's something you're not doing right right for most people but yeah there are those anomalies where would you say you pay attention to your heart health I, I, I do, but it's only because of my wife. Like, really? my wife is obsessed with, like, she's got cancer in her family and stuff yeah. like that. So she's constantly addressing our diets, seeing what we need more of, you know, getting us vitamins, things like that. Uh, but heart health is a big one. Like, stroke, heart disease, these are, like, the leading Number causes one killers. of death. So yeah. it's, it's something we all need to do. And it's something when we're at the doctor, we should say, hey, how am I doing? Yeah. Like, should I be changing my diet? Especially as we get a little bit older, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, your yeah. arteries get clogged. Like it's hard to flush those things out, right? And, yeah. And when we're younger, you know, and we're invincible, we eat whatever we want. But later in life, we get, we got to clean it up. You got to be like, you know, have you had enough? I don't think <laughs> pizza I don't think, I don't and think sausage and all that other yeah, stuff. Have I, you? You know, can you? Can you have it once a week instead of three or four? Like, is Rick ready know? to rock right Rick now? Rick is here okay, right now. Give me, I, I'm going to get to him in 90 seconds because he actually, I don't know. I don't know if we're close enough for me to ask him. But I don't think he'll mind. Rick like turned his life around like 20 years ago, I remember. Oh, so really? I've been, I've been an avid reader of his columns for a lot. Maybe we'll start with something like, this is the real life stuff. I'm curious okay. to know. I haven't even dropped in on the live Let's chat. pay the bills first. Let's, let's pay the bills. Let's pay a couple of bills. Number one, wanted to let you know, obviously it's December 1st. Uh, by the way, how many elves on the shelves showed up today? <laughs> I saw them all over I think Instagram. It's <laughs> There's going to be elves all over Instagram today. Look who today. came out this morning. Look who showed up. There's a lot of families that are going to be running a little bit late to school this morning because they're saying hello again. Say hello to my little friend. The first of the month also means that it's 15% off grocery purchases of $75 or more at Friesen Brothers, 16 locations across the province of Alberta. You know that by now. Today's a great day to stock up on what you're going to need through the holiday season. 15% off is a big deal. While you're checking out their website, Friesen.com, F-R-E-S-O-N, take a moment to read a touching tribute in loving memory of Frank Loveson, the founder of Friesen Brothers, a personal friend of mine and an unbelievable guy. Uh, we mourn his loss. We celebrate his life and legacy. Frank Loveson, may he rest in peace. There he is. If you're watching us on YouTube, a shot of him accepting. Look at that. Celebrating the gold medal 
or from the Canadian Federation of Independent Grocers. This is just a few weeks ago, Johnny. I know it's that's their uh, Edmonton Rabbit Hill location, that South Edmonton location that My they just location. opened. That's your location. That's our store. That's our home location. It's the best Crazy. grocery store in the league, as they say. Literally the best grocery store in Canada. Uh, love that family. Our friends at Apex Automation. A quick reminder: if if you know you're showing up to work today, working from home, maybe you're heading into the office. You're a professional engineer, and quite frankly, you're just going through the motions. You've been mailing it in. You'd never put it that way, but for the last while, you've just felt underappreciated in your current corporate environment. Apex Automation is all about their team. It's why their team is growing so quickly because they prioritize their employees' well-being and giving back to their clients, giving back their time. This company does things differently. You can check out how they roll at apexautomation.ca. Also a great way to check out their careers link. If you're looking to shake it up, professional engineers are looking to Apex Automation. And at McBain Camera, it's a big day. You're going to want to check out their website at mcbaincamera.com. We've been telling you about all these Black Friday specials they've been having going on for the last while. Well, today you're going to want to check out. It's the last day for McBain's Black Friday sale. Make your live streams, your YouTube videos, your, your TikToks instantly beautiful with Moby Photos 18-inch bicolor LED ring light vlog kit. Johnny, you're always using ring lights, I see, when you're creating and putting your content out there. It's a game changer for a relatively low price, right? Like, yeah. With regards to what it does to the quality of the video, it's compatible with all smartphones, compact cameras, comes with everything you need to light your scene professionally. Lighting is key. You can adjust the ring light's intensity, color, temperature. You think of this, even if you're in a work meeting, the people that are lit well, that took that extra little step, to be honest with you, the subtle way that washes over people, making a good first impression, you can save $35 for Black Friday last day today at McBainCamera.com. Just $119.99. McBain, create to inspire. Rick Bell, the Page 5 columnist at the Calgary Sun, has uh, been raising eyebrows, raising ire for the past number of decades, making people think about municipal, provincial, sometimes federal issues. We're always grateful to have him here on the show. We'll talk provincial politics this morning, but but Rick, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you back on Real Talk. Thanks for making time for us this morning, my man. Great to be here. Yeah, we're, we're just having just a real conversation, an impromptu conversation. After I talk to you, I'm going to talk to a former colleague of mine who, who just about went down a heart attack last week out of nowhere. And I remember, I hope you don't mind me asking, I remember no, ask you you had like a dramatic and quite public transformation. What was it now? Like probably 20 years ago. Yeah, actually, I had two transformations. One of them was that I... I lost quite a bit of weight, and that was back about 20 years ago. But the first transformation, the bigger transformation, was that I quit drinking. Ah. And in fact, it's interesting you're asking me this question now, because the 25th anniversary of my sobriety is actually on Boxing Day. Wow. So it's very close. But I really thought, I had this very romantic vision of the writer. That guy who smokes hard, drinks hard, hangs out till four in the morning, has no money. And then one day I woke up the day after Christmas, 1997. I was $10,000 in debt. I had no assets. The bank had burned my credit card. I'd had an, two impaired driving charges, one a, acquittal. And then did I learn? No won a conviction mm. in Edmonton during the Ralph Klein years. And I just thought, I'm going to go out with a bang. 
and I'm going to be like these romantic heroes who, you know, die at 39 or die at 41. Guys like the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas, you know, that I was going to go hard and then croak. Mm. And then I woke up with, you know, two pairs of pants, two spoons, two forks, two knives in a small apartment and realized I wasn't going to die. So therefore I had to have a plan B. Hmm. The plan B was A, quit drinking, B, lose some of my, uh, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't a Jameson's man. I was a, uh, wild turkey man ah. and many other things too. I think I started with lamb's Navy rum in university, but I, and when I'm talking about drinking, I can be honest with this. I'm talking 26 a day. Wow. Yeah. I'm talking about a 26 pounder a day. I remember once, can I, can I go on on this? Or oh, buddy, you know, I'll talk to you about this for an hour. Yeah, no, I, the, the, the sun never had a Saturday paper. And then we decided to go with the Saturday edition and they were going to give a hundred dollars to the guy who got, or gal, who got the line story, the headline story for that day. So I went to Ralph Klein and I said, Ralph, I need a line story. This is worth a hundred bucks to me. And he just happened to be, I think, going to a premier's conference. So I did a short interview with him where he was really scolding uh, uh, Perizzo, uh, the Quebec premier of the day. And he was talking about, you know, if these guys don't like being in Canada, well, you know, that's their problem, but, you know, blah, blah. And, and Ralph was full of bluster. And sure enough, I won the $100. And the city editor phoned me because I was in Edmonton, he was in Calgary, and said, what would you like? Where would you like us to send the $100 check? And I said, set me up a tab at the Irish Club in Edmonton, which is still there, I believe. Sure is. For the $100. Uh, the amount of that tab that remained at the end of the night, of course, was the square root of squat. Right. So that was my life. I was still working. Uh, there's a Ralph Klein book by Frank Dabbs where it talks about my drinking, believe it or not. Uh, as part of being in the legislature bureau. I mean, we had a beer fridge there uh, in the press gallery. I mean, it was a very different time. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it. It's just part of my life. But at a certain point, I just thought, I've got to make a choice here. I got two choices. And other newspaper columnists, including in the Sun Chain, took different choices. They tried to quit and they said, no, life is boring. I want to party on. And some of them partied on and, you know, five, seven, ten years later, they were dead. Mm. Uh, and I don't question their choice because, uh, you know, it's a big adjustment. A lot of people can't make it and don't want to make it. That's cool. But for me, I decided to uh, quit the sauce. I love, I love, absolutely love that you said I'm not proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I, you don't hear. Oh, yeah, I don't preach to anybody. I no, don't preach to anybody. But those are great <laughs> bookends for a thought. I'm not proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it. It's just part of my story. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote a call. You know, when I was convicted of impaired driving, I was acquitted. But did I learn? Did I learn? Of course, you know, I didn't learn. I got another impaired driving. Thank God there was no other people involved. It was just a sort of police check stop. Sure. And, and, but still, 
against the law. As soon as I got out of that courtroom in Edmonton, I wrote a column about it. And again, I didn't write a column saying, I am the scourge of the universe. It's I just wrote a column about how I felt, all the mixed feelings you do feel. Life is, as you point out, is more complicated than just a comic book. Yeah. Good guys, bad guys, good and evil. These guys are totally bad. These guys are totally right. There's no, there's no humanity. There's no complexity. And you know what? That's actually helped me. I'll be very honest with you. I don't think I've said this before, but I'll say it on your show. Um, I think it helped me in covering politics hmm. to also realize that behind the politics are people, fallible people, people who, oh, no, this side, he's a conservative. He must be the Messiah. Or on the other side, this person's with the Dippers. They must be one of the most evil persons on earth who wants to destroy humanity. And of course, both are far from the truth. Uh can I uh, first of all, I never take it for granted when somebody like is willing to have a very real conversation like this. I just want right. you to know how much I appreciate it. That's kind of the whole well, point of this talk, show. You're real. Talk. Yeah, I mean, that's so kind I of the whole point, talk. right? It's kind of the whole yeah. point. Did you when you got out of that courtroom and you decided to write that column was part of it because you are <laughs> your Twitter bio says it. You are the stirrer of many pots. And did you figure that if somebody saw that court docket that they could try to drag you through the mud and you wanted to get ahead of it? Or was it had nothing? to do with that probably not because this was very early on remember this was probably 27 years ago mm. so there was no social media and i was a reporter with a byline no picture not you know you weren't the dinger yet no i was uh i was dinging but i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but i wasn't the dinger yet no i mean i it's because i I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The one thing I haven't lost from the uh, beer parlors of Winnipeg where I grew up is I like to talk in print and for real, even when it's crappy stuff. Well, you uh, so, no, I, just, I just wanted to tell I just wanted to tell people because it was on my mind. And so that's what I did. Yeah, I love it. You. Uh, yeah, I mean. Jeez, uh, the, I, I, it's, it's, I want to talk about present day politics with you. Exactly. I mean, that's why we invited you here. But also, I think people would be fascinated to. Wasn't it? It was the king, not the King Eddie. Was it the King Eddie where where King Ralph always used to hang out? Where was it? What was uh, no, that? It, no, it was the Saint Louis across the, Saint the street. Louis, right, of course. Um, but it's right across the street. It's right. Across yeah. The street. So, what were those like? Can you give us some insight? Because one thing I'll say to you, Rick, and and I think most people know this. People that read your columns is you're always getting. Like for for context for people that may not sort of stick to politics like we do all the time, you're the guy that wrote the column just a few weeks ago where Premier Daniel Smith like showed you her playbook and spilled out her election strategy and said we don't. Right. I mean, she didn't use the exact words. I'm going to pick your brain in a second, but she was basically like, we don't really need Calgary to win and blah blah blah. And and it was I'm reading it going. How the hell is Rick Bell getting these interviews where these people are telling him these things? Give us some insight into what it was like covering Ralph Klein back in the day pre-throwing change at the homeless guy. Pre that was Herb Jameson Center, I think. Like, before all yeah. of that, were, were, were you crushing, like, three-finger lambs and Cokes to get those sit-downs? What was the culture like back then? No, I, I mean, I just think the culture was very different. I think a lot of people that I worked with in the press gallery, you know, this is, this is what I did. My time in Edmonton, I think it was about three and a half years. Those three and a half years where Ralph was making the big cuts. That's all I did. 
I didn't do anything else. I don't didn't sit at home and watch television. I didn't. There was no texting back then. That's all I did. So I was totally, totally, totally consumed by my job. I, I considered it sort of a vocation. Mm. And that's what I did. And so it was very, very, very tiring. <laughs> because there were just so many stories. And yes, you got to know people. Anytime I meet people from either side of the aisle in the early Ralph days, and it's like meeting somebody you were in the war with. Wow. They immediately talk to you years, decades later. They talk to you about this funny story, that funny story, what really happened in this restaurant, what happened at the Sherlock Holmes on White Avenue when it existed, all that sort of stuff. So I think it was just more, the style was much more getting to know the people, getting to talk to the people. Like somebody said to me, why don't you come up to the Edmonton legislature just for a week, just to check things out? And I, I said to them, well, what am I going to do at six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock when my columns file? Mm. Are, are we all going down to what used to be martinis, a bar? <laughs> On 109th there in Edmonton, I have fond memories of, no longer exists. I mean, what are we going to do? Or Even though I don't drink, are we still going to go out till four in the morning? And are we going to bring in people and we're other political people, maybe people in the government, maybe people in the opposition, and sort of pick their brains and find out about them? And I was not given that sort of assurance, so I haven't been up there. Hmm. So it's very different. I'm, I'm not saying it's it's worse now or better now, but it was just a very, very different, different life. So I knew lots of things about Ralph Klein, and I knew lots of things about liberal MLAs who were the official opposition then. Mm. And and I've talked to you know I still get Christmas cards from politicians from that era, Christmas cards that tells you what the era is like. Mm. But you know when I wanted to talk to Danielle Smith before a few days before the vote, because I wanted to feel, I wanted to understand how, how she really felt about this, because of course I've known Danielle since sure. uh, before she was leader. I knew her when she was on the Calgary school board in the 90s. Yeah, the one that was dissolved, right, by the education minister. Yeah, yeah, Ralph Klein uh, nuked them. <laughs> uh, and we won't go to that story, that's too far back. But, sure. but I said, I'll meet you at Smitty's in High River. And she had a time slot at about 7 in the morning. So I got up at 5.30, jumped in my aging Volkswagen Golf, and drove out to Smitty's in High River, and we had a talk. By the way, she drove up in an aging GMC Jimmy, just so you know. GMC but, Jimmy? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I said she was firing on all six cylinders. I believe a Jimmy has six cylinders. <laughs> I think you're right. But, 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 and then we just chatted. And we just chatted. And when you chat with people, guess what happens? You talk, they talk, you get to know them, they get to know you. And just like you, you're approaching me on some more personal stuff. And I tell you about the personal stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, you know, it's just the way it works. And, and that's why even some people get mad at me because I go and have breakfast with Rachel Notley. Of course I want to have breakfast with Rachel Notley. She's, yeah, she, I you, know, she's, you know, she's the former premier. She's got a lot to say. She's got a lot of interesting things to say. 
She's got an interesting history. I don't mind saying that. Why? No, and why? What's with people? I got this this guy's trying to tear me a new one online the other day. He's going to, you know, you interview Danielle Smith because you're just looking for clicks. And I'm like, well, number one, yeah, it's a business, dummy. And and second of all, she's the premier. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're platforming the premier. What are you talking about? This is a talk show. Right, right. And one thing I can tell you is, after after I came back from the legislature, I was sort of just writing sort of general interest columns. But we had a publisher, Les Payette, who was a huge fan of Mike Tyson. So he sent me, I think it was four fights to cover Tyson. Now, that's not politics. But within the, the first time I went down there, I got to know Don King. I got the boxing promoter with the big hair. I got to go to Don King's house. I got to sit with only three other people out of a media of several hundred. And guess who walks in to chat with us? Mike Tyson. I'm sitting on one couch. He's sitting on the other. And there's a couple of real famous sports columnists in the room as well. And we're sitting in the house of, at that point, the biggest boxing promoter in the world. And uh, and I learned a lot from those guys because they were they really focused on getting to the story behind the story, number one, and number two, talking to people as people. Even crazy Mike Tyson. Yeah. And and so so that's what I thought. So this is a very interesting conversation you're opening up because if we look at something like the Sovereignty Act, I'm actually predicting something might, just might, don't hold me to it, happen today. Smith might go on offense today on this Sovereignty Act. Over what? I don't know for sure, but um, a lot of people are consumed by what? The constitutional ramifications. Real Talk wants to know, is Section 3, how elastic is Section 3 <laughs> of it? And, and what exactly? May I, may I talk to 73 constitutional lawyers to see whether, in fact, in fact, ipso facto, QED, uh, the uh, cabinet writing authority, how elastic is that? Is that? Now, that's a hugely important issue. It sure, is. Obviously. How much freedom does the Smith insiders have under the Sovereignty Act to rewrite laws without going to the elected politicians? Okay, did I just summarize it? Done. That's the issue. That's that's an issue, a big issue. But the endless ruminations on it are interesting to who? Political junkies. Nerds and geeks like us. Yeah, so you end up with stories that are a geek fest. Mm -hmm. So can I give you another example? Sure. Smith withdraws for the moment her bill on human rights protection for the unvaccinated. Yeah. It's a climb down. She's giving in. It's part of the pivot. It's over. She's thrown off her base of supporters. It's done. She's moving to the center. Did you not read that like 9 million times? <laughs> but she has a press conference in which she talks about appointing people to have a more thorough, you know, I don't know why they didn't bring it forward. Maybe they didn't bring it forward because it wasn't even ready. But she was talking about 
the Arctic Games and getting them to respect the rights of the unvaccinated. She talked about going to hairdressers on film sets and they were unvaccinated and they were upset. So that got me to thinking, maybe withdrawing the bill is not the end that we're going to hear about the unvaccinated. And may I pull out a document here in front of you on your show? Yeah, you sure can, pal. Right here. We needed music to tee this, like, right here is a document, and it is Danielle Smith, November 29th, sent out to her UCP party talking about the Inflation Relief Act and the Sovereignty Act, and then says, we decided that only amending one piece of legislation, the Alberta Human Rights Act, would not be adequate to protect the rights and freedoms of Albertans going forward. And a full review of and potential changes to several pieces of provincial legislation would be required. So that's what they're doing. Do you That's think it's story. smart, though, Rick? Like, like when it when it comes down. By the way, by the way, I've been meaning to so ask. This is you a this. forest and trees thing. Did she remove her bill? Yes, but what does it mean? It could be many things. Yeah, sure, and 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 fair enough. And and to be quite honest, that's such a niche issue. It's such a. I guess it's like a, it's an important promise to a very small portion of the population. Exactly. It's a niche issue. It doesn't make sense for her to make that bill one. That's that's quite frankly an obtuse move to make it bill one. Before we go any further, she walked away from a the podium. She walked away from a question of yours last week, and everybody wants to know how did that make Rick Bell feel? Well, because I wasn't watching it, I was just on the phone. Yeah. To be honest with you, I didn't feel anything because I didn't really know. I just assumed this uh, Jones just came up to the microphone and I did interject, though. So that's how I felt. I actually think it's better, to be honest with you. It puts the question in the spotlight for everybody. It's way better than if you just got some lame political answer. Okay, big picture, Rick, with regards to what's happening with the Sovereignty Act right now. The prime minister goes on the record last night. They get him in Ottawa and he says, listen, he he says, I'm not looking for a fight. Um, You know, Vashi Capellos talked to her yesterday. She's not convinced there won't be a fight. She says it would play well for the Trudeau liberals. It would play well for Danielle Smith. Brace yourselves. That was Vashi's message. With regards to getting reelected, she doesn't want to be the shortest serving premier in Alberta history. Do you think it's a smart move to be doing what she's doing? Well, whether it's a smart move or not, she is convinced 50% because she has to win around 45, 50% of the popular vote to become a majority government premier. Uh, Will back her. I mean, otherwise she would be much more tentative about the Sovereignty Act, and she's not. She's not being, her rhetoric is not being more tentative. So whether that's a smart move or not, I think she would be very happy to have a fight with Trudeau. And oh, as yeah. Vashi points out, and as Vashi points out, uh, Trudeau may very well <laughs> be happy to have a fight with her. So I think she's very confident. Some people might think that's nuts. Some people might think it's not, but they are not backing away from this. I wrote about this pivot that she was doing, of which the Affordability Act was part of it, which is, in other words, she'd give her followers some things and then move on. But you can tell the things she's giving her followers aren't just done in the, okay, let's give it to them, and then let's get rid of it so we can go on to other stuff. It's not done in that tone of voice. She gets really excited talking about the rights of the unvaccinated. She gets really excited about firing 
the AHS board and firing Hinshaw. She gets real excited about the uh, Sovereignty Act. She's very excited about these things. These are things on the to-do list, but it's not like I thought she might actually be saying, you know what, these people help me get the leadership. Give them these few things, big things, but few things, and then I'm on to the moderate middle. Mm. I'm not so sure that that's completely the case. I think affordability, they had to do. It's such a big issue. Yeah. But but question for you. What was she more excited about? Making a phone call to the Arctic Winter Games to tell them to let unvaccinated athletes perform? Or doling out gazillions of dollars to all kinds of people just before an election? Well, in a normal world, that would be the one you were excited about. Hey, Alberts, I'm giving you money. All you families, everybody, even up to 180 grand a year, you're getting dough. Yeah, that was wild. Ralph was sure excited about Ralph Bucks. He was really excited. And yet I feel when I hear her, not just the words, but the tone. I follow the tone of politicians as well. Not just the words they say. And what are what's the tone? The tone is that she is excited about the Sovereignty Act, that she's all stirred up about the Sovereignty Act, that she hates the Alberta Health Services Board, that she doesn't like Inshaw, that she really wants to protect the unvaccinated. Those are real big things for her. Man, now, this is this now, feels now, like a while. This is like an eternity ago, Rick. It feels like it. But what was it, Johnny? I think October 6th was our first show in this new studio. Uh, Premier right. joins us in this chair right here. She's the first interview in the new studio. And and anybody that saw it knows that. I mean, I don't I don't come. I, li- I like to roll it into an interview like that. I've known her for a long time, a little bit more casually. I don't have like my big knockout right. first question. I want to kind of ease in. And, and she, if you watch the interview, she starts taking it immediately. Immediately to talking about the unvaccinated, to vaccinations and policies. And I'm and I'll be honest, I make a remark in the first three minutes. I say to her something along the lines of, I'm a little surprised that you're really focusing so heavily on the blah, 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 blah. But it but hey man, it gave some insight into I think like her actual convictions and what's driving a lot of this policy. Right? You see a lot of politicians say whatever, do whatever to win a leadership race and then immediately ease off the gas, you know, the minute they swear in. Right. And, and you know how people were talking about her election strategy and holding the rural and not leading a lot of seats elsewhere. But the reality is, now this is not the case for Edmonton, but in Calgary, there are a lot of seats that that's all they've ever voted. Mm. Even when Prentice got annihilated in the 2015 election, there were still PC ridings where all but two of them were in Calgary. Mm-hmm. They were in the west side of the city, the south side of the city. And I'm not saying she won't lose those, but you you sort of get where I'm coming from. Yeah. Hey, before I let you go, I really appreciate your time, by the way. We've taken you into overtime, and plus Drex is hanging tight in the uh, in the bullpen. But but let me ask you about, I know you keep an eye on municipal politics as well. You've been writing columns on Calgary City Hall forever. Really interesting dynamic with this council. Uh, you've got kind of kind of the progressive councillors led by Mayor Jody Gondick, and then, and then you've got some real outliers, including the highly controversial councillor, Sean Chu, who refused to resign when revelations came out about his time with the Calgary police and accusations uh, around uh, sexual interference with a minor et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he was stripped or walked away from his title of deputy mayor, what, a few weeks ago. But g- give us right. some insight into what's going on in Sean Chu and, and what you're keeping an eye on with at Calgary City Hall. Well, well, that's interesting. You're saying keeping an eye. This is the first time in my career I have not gone, gone down for the week-long city budget. Hmm. 
because, you know, ever since the defeat, remember, you got to lead back to last year. All of these people were telling me, it's done, it's done. Jeremy Farkas, the great conservative, is going to get in. It's going to be an annihilation. It's going to be a landslide. We're all lined up. It's going to be a huge turnout, especially with an equalization referendum. It's going to be the biggest turnout ever. 45 percent, 45 point something percent. Farkas loses by 15 points to Gondek. And every single ward in the city is hers. So I have really backed off city hall politics to some degree because I am waiting for the great revolution, the great tax revolt, the great... Now issues come up. She declares a climate emergency. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, you know, the arena deal goes sideways. But in the end... You know, where are the Calgarians? They talk a good game, but what does it ultimately mean? Is it just like really fun stories to talk about when there's a stupid piece of public art that everybody hates and it's ha ha he he for an hour over the uh, at the water cooler? So I was thinking there would be real fundamental change at City Hall and there isn't. And, and so I, I, I go there if there's something that is big. But even the city budget, one day and done, one day and done, 5.2% tax hike, one day and done, finished. You think Sean Chu makes it to the next election? And do you think he runs again? And do you think he could win again? Well, he, I don't think he won by much this last time. But again, when you're dealing with low voter turnout, low actual bottom line engagement. Now, that doesn't mean yelling and screaming when they don't like what the mayor says. But when it comes to the proverbial rubber hitting the proverbial road it's anybody's guess anything could happen at city hall because you're dealing with such a small fraction of the population who are actually really really engaged no matter what really engaged meaning willing to fight for change and whereas it whereas provincially whoa party time in the belly of the beast yeah i guess we'll uh, see what those next six months look like buddy it's it's uh it's Rock and roll. I once asked, I'll tell you this. I I once asked an MLA from the country. I said, why is it that provincially there's all kinds of changes, but citywide at the same people, there isn't. And he said, rural Alberta. When you think of it, a lot of big changes, a lot of the ins and outs of Alberta politics have happened in rural Alberta, including and I thought you might ask me about this, including segue type, the ouster of former Premier Jason Kenney, mm-hmm. who I've known for 30 years, who doesn't even follow me on Twitter anymore. My heart is broken. Oh, he boy. He unfollowed you. And 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 the and uh, yeah, he did. I mean, so talk about that. that hey, buddy, I used heart. to be I used to be the Edmonton Oilers in-game host. Worked in the National Hockey League for seven years, and they just unfollowed me. It kind of wrecked my day, yeah, but yeah, I got it, over it, it didn't I, Johnny? That. I got over it. Dun 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 dun. I don't think it's actually it's actually that bad. But interestingly, with his legacy since he's leaving, left I should say, left the bill. Elvis has left the building. Yeah. It's. It's interesting down here in Calgary, a lot of people saying, and I will give you this line as well, which I'll probably use in a column soon. 
These are conservatives who are convinced that a Kenny government without Kenny can win. Think about that. A Kenny government without Kenny can win. In other words, it wasn't as much what he was doing as who he was. You know, the smartest man in any room, the guy who wouldn't listen, the guy who wouldn't pick up when other people were laying down when there was a revolt against him, who didn't take it seriously enough until, well, he didn't take it seriously enough even when the vote was announced. And he was shocked that he had only got 51.7%. So they're thinking, now here's where Smith comes in. They're thinking a Kenny government without Kenny could win in Calgary. But is Smith a Kenny government? And what they mean by Kenny government is a government that, you know, is, you know, (laughs) coherent, settled, whatever, whatever you think of Kenny. Yeah. But, but you, I mean, uh, I think his legacy in the immediate term is some people are, I think, I think I even saw an ex-NDP MLA say on Twitter, not that he didn't think Kenny should go, not that he doesn't think he deserved it, not that he wants him back, but he was sort of, for a brief second, pining away for Kenny compared yeah. to what we're seeing now. It's very, very, to your listeners who don't follow politics, it's very, very different now. This is a whole new game. Oh, it's this like is- it's like when your buddy, you know, breaks up with a, a girl uh, to get out of a very bad relationship and then his rebound is just a disaster. Uh, that would be for the folks that don't follow politics too closely. That would be the real life assessment. But the story remains to be written. Right. Sometimes exactly. sometimes the rebound winds up being the best thing that ever happened to somebody. So, hey, but, we'll but wait when, and see. But when you've got a <laughs> when you've got a buddy, sorry, when you've got a buddy with a rebound, what do you do? You spend a lot of the time if I'm in the bar talking to him about it. And that's why we're here today. That's why we're here, man. When people read in Rick Bell's column, the conservatives are going to try to win uh, Jason Kenny government without Jason Kenny. Remember, you heard it here first. On Real Talk. You can follow Rick at Sun Rick Bell. It's always great to have you on the show, my man. Thanks so much for this. I respect the passion. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got it. Uh, Drex, meantime, is like, you guys going to like tap me on the shoulder anytime no, soon? I give him the heads like, up. Yeah, We're running a little know, I, Drex knows what's up. Drex has done late night radio for a long time. Now yeah. he's doing early morning radio, but he knows what's up. When a conversation's rolling like that, you don't step in the way. That Not conversation is presented by our friends at Local Environmental Services. Check this out. LocalEnvironmental.ca. There's a video feature there. These are our core values. When's the last time like a a waste management or recycling company put their core values front and center on their website so you could understand what makes them tick? What's more than just words, what it looks like to bring great service into the communities that they serve. They believe that communities deserve better. You know, local owners, family ownership. They live, work, and raise families in the markets that the company services, right? The owners and the people they employ are proudly local. That's the whole point. They buy local. They hire local. They celebrate local every single day at Local Environmental Services. Don't forget, they also present Trash Talk every Friday here on... Real talk. We'd love to hear whatever you need to get off your chest. Talk at ryanjesperson.com tomorrow. A fresh edition presented by Local Environmental Services. At Park Power, you can compare utility rates today. I know that some of you are getting punched in the teeth like, you know, a lot of us are, right? You know, you take a look at the natural gas we're going to be using. Some of you might be running a space heater. Do so safely, please. But if you are, hey, the fact of the matter is your electricity bill is going to be higher this month and rates are higher and people are spending 
more on the basic survival stuff, take two minutes today at parkpower.ca. Find the rate that's right for you. Internet, electricity, natural gas, bundle them all, save even more. And don't forget, when you sign up at parkpower.ca, the promo code 2022-REALTALK is going to knock $70 off your first bill. Of course, we're near the end of 2022, so get in on that promo code ASAP. Once you're set up with Park Power, you're also going to want to remember that at Kubi Energy, you know, they're providing these solar energy solutions to power lives. Well, these two companies work together. So in the summer months, when you got a ton of sunlight, these panels that are giving you more juice than you need, Park Power is going to buy it back. Kubi Energy working with them to save you money. And in the winter months, you know, there's been a lot of advancements in solar. A lot of us that don't work in the industry have been led to believe that solar basically goes flaccid, basically totally ineffective in the winter months. Not the case anymore. As a matter of fact, some of the newest panels are losing single-digit percentage when it comes to efficiency. It's remarkable stuff. Nobody knows the business in Canada better than Kubi Renewable Energy. You can get your free quote today at kubienergy.ca. Our next guest is a a longtime friend of mine. We were colleagues for a long time working in terrestrial radio. He's the former host of The Shift with Drex, a nationwide show. He stepped away from that to host Jack FM Mornings, one of Vancouver's top shows uh, just a couple of years ago. And as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think even more recently than that, he's a heart attack survivor. Uh, Drex, it is so good to have you on the show. Number one, it's so good to see you alive. How are you doing, man? (laughs) I'm good. Yeah, I'm breathing, which is uh, which is kind of the important thing, uh, I would imagine. I just want to mention how nice your sweater looks, by the way. Oh, thanks, buddy. This is uh, this is uh, one of my favorites. This is one of my all-time favorites. It's, it's like something. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's got the big lapel. It's my chunky sweater. It's got a nice button in the front. It's like this is the sweater that I wear on the mornings to give you a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, no offense, Johnny, has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with our audience. But the mornings when I wake up and don't feel like coming in. I wear yeah. this sweater because it feels like I'm still in bed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, 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 look, I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah, I so, like it. You know, people have got I it. Like pe- Most people will be listening to this on the podcast, but they should check out the YouTube interview or our clip highlights on social media because I think you probably have. Johnny, would you say a top 10 all-time background uh, when it comes to Real Talk guests, your ambient mood lighting? It looks like you got some neon going on there in yeah. Vancouver. What, yeah, I, got a, I, got, I, got, I got pink and I got a black light back here. This is my downstairs studio in my house where I do stuff when I'm not doing radio. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's very it's very sexy and, and I like it very much. Yeah. Hey, I, I was trying to, this is a dangerous exercise uh, earlier in the show, speculating how old I think you are because in the context of what happened oh, okay. to you and your heart attack, I, I said I, I, I suspect you're between 38 and 42 how did i do i'm 43 you're 43 okay not bad i was hoping you didn't say like i'm 29 you asshole i was like oh okay good good good. (laughs) no no it's funny a lot of people think i'm still in my 30s i'm very much not in my 30s and i'm starting to thin here so you know well you're doing it so gracefully so so what happens this was like 10 days ago or something like that right you're you're at home you're by yourself how did this all go down yeah uh, it was it was a Friday night. It was the 18th. Uh, I was I was watching the news. It was about 5:46. I remember the exact time. I was eating food, um, and then I started feeling weird. It's and this may sound a little gross. Uh, I thought I needed to throw up first. Then I thought I needed to have a bowel movement. Yeah. And then I thought it was my husband's cooking. Um, but no, it was a uh, heart attack coming on. So I uh, I crawled into bed. I I didn't think it was a heart attack first. Obviously, I crawled into bed just thinking, oh, you're not well. Just have a lie down. 
and my dog sort of sat at the edge of the bed and just went, mm. oh. and I was like, okay, something's not right. Cause he would usually crawl in straight in with me. So I, I called my husband and he was with a client. So he didn't answer his phone. Then I called uh, my friend, Jody Vance. And she's like, hang up this phone straight away. Call 911. So I Jody. did. And, uh, Within a, within about fifteen minutes, the 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 fire truck came first, as they usually do, uh, and then about fifteen minutes after that, the uh, ambulance paramedics arrived. Uh, they took they rushed me to Royal Columbian Hospital, which is about three k's from my house here in uh, the Lower Mainland of British Columbia, and I would say probably within twenty five minutes of me getting to the hospital. Uh, within that time, they confirmed that I was having a heart attack and confirmed that I had a 100% blockage on one artery and an Jeez. 80% on another, and they stented me within 26 minutes. Within 26 minutes? I mean, I guess that's, I don't know too much about medicine, but this that, that obviously, like, uh, with hospitals as strained as they are, uh, still triage has been so important. They're trying to get, like, the, the, the legit emergency yeah. cases in as soon as possible 26 minutes to meet like from the attack or from fire showing up to the stent going in or 26 from your arrival at the hospital or uh, give us give us a 20, sense 20, from me arriving at the hospital okay. to me going into an operating room and getting a stent put in yeah 20, 25 to 26 and, and what are you like at this point you got you've got oxygen on are you chill what's going through your mind are you like am i gonna um, die like what's I think they gave me an aspirin to start with. Then they confirmed I had a heart attack. That picture that uh, Johnny just put up of my heart, uh, that's where it shows uh, the arteries. So, yeah, you can see the, the one at the uh, the top left there. That's the one they stented first. That was a 100% blockage. And you can see down in the middle of my heart there, there's an 80% blockage. You can see that? Yeah. Uh, they did that. They stented that about four days later. Uh, you can see there's, I've got some other plaque buildup there in my other arteries. Um, so I have to now pretty much change everything I eat, the way I exercise, um, my stress levels. It's all, it's all quite fascinating what I've learned in the last couple of weeks. Mind you, the anti-vaxxers have come for me go, oh, this is vaccinated for COVID. I saw that. Vaccinated. This no. is myocarditis. <laughs> it's so funny because there's, there's no correlation between... There's no correlation between uh, plaque buildup in your arteries and, uh, and 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 the vaccine. <laughs> no, but is, actually, Drex, there... like to me, it, people were like people were ce- anti-vaxxers were celebrating your heart attack. I saw people oh, making, yeah, one they were making fun lovely. of you. They were like they were like you know pro mask idiot. You know drops from heart attack. You know yeah. you know lol still thinks you know still happy to be vaccinated or something. I was like oh wow. It was it was something like you know you and I both worked in talk radio and know exactly what those folks can be like. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think I maybe blocked four hundred people in a weekend. Yeah, and then I locked down my social media. They're still coming at me this morning. There was one this morning when 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 you had posted that I was going to be on your show. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, like they just they're relentless. Oh, that's and okay. Really stupid. No, I must already have them blocked because I, I don't see anything. Um, <laughs> Johnny, you uh, right right at the beginning of the show, and I, and I love that you go there. We're just sort of having a casual conversation, Drex, right out of the gates, and and you were musing. You you were mm. wondering whether or not this might sort of prompt some diet type stuff. Yeah, with well, I I don't know. I used to call into Drex's show all the time on that. We're not going to name the station. Yeah, we can say Chorus Radio, you know, (laughs) Chorus, which is a shell of its former self now that Drax and myself are gone. Right, pal? Yeah, but I know, I I think your father's a butcher, right? Yeah, my dad's a butcher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is this like, did the hospital tell you, like, is is this from diet or was this from lack of exercise? Did they give you any kind of, uh, you know, information on what, what they think caused this? 
it's it's all of those things. It's diet, exercise. I have a history of uh, of heart disease in my family as well. My my dad about four months ago. My dad's almost seventy. Uh, about four months ago, I rushed back to Australia because he needed a triple bypass, and I just wanted to be there just in case he didn't make it. Right, hmm. so I went back for that. And my grandmother also had a quadruple bypass in her uh, late seventies as well. So it, it's something that runs in my family. Um, something I probably should have taken a lot more uh, notice of in the past few years. In fact, I think I may have had a heart attack before when I was living in Kelowna in 2011. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, did you have warning signs? I went to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So you had warning signs. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, everything changes now. My diet is now going to be, I got Jody, uh, Jody Vance, my friend, obviously. And, uh, and one of her friends who's a nutritionist has basically said, all right, his, Here's a list of things you should be eating, uh, things you should probably cut out. Yeah. So that's all right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too stressed about it. Man, I mean, like, if, if, you, if you almost drop dead, like, of course, you're going to be open to changing things. And, and I think one of, the, one of the reasons, I mean, number one, I just wanted to hear your voice and see your face and tell you that you know, Thanks, John honey. and I want to let you know we're glad you're still here. And, and also, great to have you on the show, by the way. Uh, but, but, I mean, just I have a feeling that someone's going to hear this interview and like I said earlier, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but I think that maybe this interview could save somebody's life to know the symptoms, to understand. Like like Lauren, who's a wonderful friend of the show in the live chat, I didn't know this about him. Lauren, who, who was a fire chief, by the way, a retired fire chief, says that he says a lot of people die on the toilet. Like you said, you felt like you had to, you know, number two, you had to have a BM, right? And and um, and Lauren says actually his wife passed away on the toilet. I didn't know that, Lauren. Um, you know, other people are saying this is, you know, people are saying that's why it's so common. Tracy says the same thing to hear people die on the yeah. toilet like that's not a symptom i didn't know that until right now that's uh, you know yeah. uh, so at least one person's learned something today yes something something about and, I, and i'm not sure of the actual like exact science of it but my my dad explained it to me he goes you know if you feel heart attack coming on and you need to do a poop uh, it could potentially release all the pressure and kill you so is that how elvis died uh, is elvis dead I heard he was living in Vulcan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to let that one breathe for a second. <laughs> just wanted to let it breathe. Can you, uh, Johnny, can you call up that tweet that I sent you from Moby? Uh, Drex, you're a big music guy, obviously, and I saw that you on your show uh, the other day went on a big thing about how nobody cares if you're leaving Twitter because everybody, and I've seen people joking around saying this is not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure, yeah. but everybody's announcing their departures from Twitter. And last night, Moby, uh, the musician, tweets, this will be my last tweet. Last night, Elon Musk posted an alt-right anti-Semitic meme, a fake CNN story, and an image of guns on his bedside table. Twitter's become a cesspool of racism, anti-Semitism, disinformation, and dim-witted alt-right hate, and it's time to leave. Yeah. Uh, guys no, like you no and Johnny and me, uh, social media is big in what we do, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, what have you. Uh, take us into how you're viewing or perceiving the Bird app right now. Oh, it's, 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 you know what? The, the, the key to using that app is very simple, is if there's certain things you don't want to see, just block words. You can you can mute certain words. Like for example, I have liberal, conservative, Trudeau, Polyev. I have all of those words blocked, so I never need to read what those nutters are on about because I don't like any of them. I don't want to read it. Don't need it in my Twitter feed. Don't want it. So look, it's look, Twitter's only what you make it. It's 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 no different to I don't like a particular department store. Then don't go there. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? Yeah, I, well, I yeah, I have lots of thoughts on this, man. <laughs> I have lots of thoughts. What, 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 what are some of them? Are you going to leave well, Twitter? Yeah, I gonna I, no, no, I'm not going to leave Twitter. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks that my mental health would, would like increase three times if I were to walk away from Twitter because sometimes it just... Instantly. Like, like you've seen it, man. Like, someone will say... I'll be honest. I always like to be the guy like, oh, I got 50,000 followers. I don't give a fuck what people say to me because I got the blue. No, man. Like a tweet can ruin my day. Twitter brings me down. Yeah, it brings me down, too, to be honest. And it's also how we blast out our content. And it's also how we fundraise. And it's also how we announce that registration is open for the second annual Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic to go Saturday, February the 4th at RyanJesperson.com. You know, stuff like that, Drex. And uh, yeah, thanks, pal. And it almost feels like, you know, walking away from a big following that took, you know, 10, 15 years to build up would be uh, sort of would be stupid. Uh, but at the same time, like life before Twitter was fine, you know, I mean, life before we could tell everybody what we were thinking all the time was fine. I don't know. Uh, look, how old are you? Are you 45, yeah, 45. Right. So you and I are similar ages. We grew up in the 90s just at the advent of like Internet and computers yeah. and email. And we were fine before there was social media. So, look, I think collectively, all of our social, uh, all of our mental health would probably be a lot, of, a lot better if we, <laughs> if we didn't have social media. But it is what it is. Just know how to use it to your advantage. And honestly, no one's cared about Moby since 1999. He's going to leave Twitter and continue to harass uh, 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 Natalie Portman, isn't he? <laughs> When's the last time that you uh, played Moby? Does Moby still track, Johnny, when you're DJing big high-profile? That's high so funny because I listened to Moby yesterday because I saw my Spotify wrapped and, and it led me down this path. And I was I played Body Rock by Moby yesterday on the it's way home. Tune. I have no idea why, <laughs> but it's so funny that you guys are discussing that now. Wow. Drex, did you do the Spotify rap? We're we're uh, yeah, so I, we're so appreciative yeah, of the people I, that are tagging. I us. have it here actually. Let me bring it up. So I, uh, it's I what think, top five podcasts that, and top five artists. I saw that. I said, good for you, man. Good for you. Let's let's bump that up a little bit instead of sitting in the fifth. Let's get you up to like top two. Well, I would like to point out that the mayor of Edmonton's chief of staff has us as her number one. Lisa Holmes, shout out to her who posted her Spotify rap okay. yesterday. Meant a lot. Just above the strategist. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, for the seventh year in a row, it's Tears for Fears for me. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who my number one musician would be, the one that I go to the well at the most. It might be Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. This year, I've been really digging Steely Dan this year. Nice. Uh, is it nice? I don't know. Me and, <laughs> me and my cousin Carson are obsessed with Steely Dan, but I think it shows my age a little bit. I think it shows your, your mental state, too, because Steely Dan's like a chill, you know what I mean? <laughs> Brings you down. Ricky, don't Gets you relaxed. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it. Now, now you need to dive into some of that Donald Fagan solo stuff. Okay, I don't even know who that is. See, man, I'm so out of touch. I'm I'm too out of touch. This is why I need Spotify. I need the suggested playlist. Johnny hooks me up all the time. <laughs> Johnny, if we're entertaining here in the studio after hours, always just say, Johnny, can you just set something up? I could just press play on, and then it makes me look popular. You know what I mean? <laughs> it makes me look like I know what I'm doing. It's all good. People are talking about someone I noticed on the live chat said they just love the relationship between you and Linda Steele as well. Are Steele and Vance not just the two biggest beauties on the West Coast? Oh, my God. Like the the, the fact that uh, I've been on their show and yeah. their television studio is, is quite interesting because and you worked in television for years. So, yeah, you know, well, it's, you, it's, yeah. like, it's like big, deep roofs, the whole thing. Their studio is like the size of a shoebox and three different TV shows come out of that room. 
and they produce it all themselves. It's all, it's amazing how they're, they're doing, they're doing essentially what you're doing is going, okay, you know what? I'm the master of my own domain. I'm going to set up my own gear. We're going to make our own stuff. We're going to make our own content. And they're absolutely acing it. It's incredible. And, and uh, apparently it's one of the uh, most watched shows on that channel as well. I'm not surprised. Yeah, Steel and Vance on, on check. And and uh, they're they're like a, a favorite recurring guest. We bring him in on a roundtable every few months here on, on Real Talk. It's an employee-owned station. Mo Amir with This Is Van Color, another great show yeah. on check. And uh, Mo's killing it there. So yeah, it's it's a really neat model. So how are the holidays going to be different this year for you, man? The, you know, your, your heart's beating again. You got the stent in. Yeah. You got a bit of a different perspective how's how is this christmas or this holiday season going to feel different do you think um well i'm off work until january 3rd okay uh which is good that means i don't have to get up at three o'clock in the morning it's amazing uh you know some of that's some of that's mandated by my cardiologist and i got two weeks vacation as well but uh yeah w- w- the show will be back january 3rd so I-, I was in at the station the other day just recording some voiceovers uh that they can play uh during the show uh so everyone doesn't actually think i'm dead um, and then we'll be back. But uh, it's quite interesting. This has been a massive learning curve for me. Like the the amount of Ryan, the amount of drugs I need to take to stay alive um, is kind of insane. Like I, I, I in my bathroom up on the cabinet, I've just got like I think there's like seven bottles there mm. of different things I have to take. At different like times. forever or just right now? Um, I got to take aspirin forever. I, I've got like uh, blood thinners. I got to take because I got the two stents. Uh, I got uh, blood pressure medication uh, and a whole bunch of other different things. It's like a massive cocktail of things keeping me alive. Hmm. Uh, And with something heavy here. Um, and I know that you don't, you'll hit anything head on. Um, you, you are obviously a, a proud and happily married gay man. And I yeah. saw some of your posts uh, following that horrific nightclub shooting in Colorado uh, yeah. that claimed five lives. It's uh, a disturbing story for obvious reasons. But the deeper you dig into it, the more sickened you become. Uh, the, the father of the alleged shooter, as an example, and some of his comments where the first thing he was most concerned about when he heard that his son was involved in a shooting at a gay bar was that his son was gay. You know, that's one example. Yeah. And I saw you posting about it. And then I saw the trolls coming for you. And I was just curious to pick your brain. We talked to Federal Minister Randy Boisno about this as well. Uh, Also a proud gay man. Also a very proud gay man. And uh, he talked about how there's a very personal nature to this. He talked about the safe space that a gay bar is for many people. He talked about what it's like to have your identity attacked. And then he started, of course, he's a politician. He started talking about the politics of it all. How are you processing uh, what went down? And in particular, some of the... I saw some really gnarly comments sent your way, man. And, and I kind of bristle as a friend of yours. Uh, no. I really bristled, but I wanted to ask you about it. I hope you don't mind. I know I know most of them. What's, what I find interesting about the people commenting on that sort of stuff is if you dive a little deeper on their social media, they're also the same people that are anti-vaxxers. Uh, there, seems to be, there seems to be some sort of relation between uh, hating queer people and believing that the vaccine is uh, is is being mandated and, and and thrust upon everybody, it's uh, it's quite demoralizing. And here in Vancouver, just just uh, last week, uh, there was a drag queen story hour, and a bunch of uh, anti-vaxxers showed up in their COVID nineteen logo trucks and started harassing queer people. Mm-hmm. So it's happening in, in our own backyard. It's uh, and it's 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 never not been like this, you know. A lot of people like to say, "Oh, it's, it, everything's advancing. You got uh, gay marriage now. You can do X, Y, Z." 
queer people are still being treated like garbage though, right? It's, it's, nothing's changed. It's just, we're talking about it more. Same with trans people. Trans people always been around us, been a part of our community. It's just now they're talking about themselves and we're talking about them. And people seem to have a massive problem with that. It's really great to have you on the show, man. Um, I appreciate you taking that last question and giving us something to think about. And, and I know that the whole point of this, like if we were getting technical and nerdy and geeky and talking about structure and broadcasting and format, you would call that the call to action. But like what's something that just lets us digest or chew on and walk with and wrestle with and grapple with and reconcile. And uh, thanks for taking us there. I'm really, really glad that you're looking so healthy and I'm really glad that we're going to have many more opportunities to chat. Uh, enjoy the downtime and we'll talk to you again soon, my man. Thanks Ryan. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Drex, uh, formerly the host of the shift, a national oh, late night man. radio show, which was I miss such that show. I well, miss show still around. I miss guesting and the new guys. On okay. Show. But man, I remember the first time I turned on. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy with the accent? And just like, kind of like you, like, just rolls into a show and could just talk himself for hours and yeah. I, I would listen. But yeah. the call the callers that called in, just the way he interacted with them, I like was so enamored by him. And then I was like, I gotta call in and talk to this guy. Well, cause sometimes he would talk about something I mean, I remember like one of the more memorable interviews that I did, um, after Jason Kenny won in twenty nineteen, Alberta provincial election, obviously United Conservative, big landslide win, right? And uh and and Drex shoots me a text. I was covering it from the big four center at the conservative headquarters. We were mm -hmm. doing the big you know, night for global. I was on the desk that night on the panel with Danielle Smith and Dr. Dwayne Bratt, uh, Dallas Flexog, my friend and colleague, was moderating that panel with Global News. What a talent she is. And, and Drex sends me this text and says, like, can you do the shift tonight? And I was like, sure, man, coast to coast. Obviously, I'll do that. And I remember sitting in my car doing national radio with him, and he interviews a little bit differently. The, the late night radio interviews can get a little more gritty. Yeah. But he's awesome because he could go from talking politics to like talking UFOs or, yeah. or talking whatever. And mm -hmm. um, I just think, and we want this show to be like that as well. Always interesting, always making you think, always some takeaway value to the audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, really appreciate guests like Drex, uh, of course, the host of Jack FM Mornings in Vancouver now. You can follow him on Twitter at Drex and uh, one of the best Instagram handles I've ever seen. Drexcellent. He's got that one, eh? That was pretty good. Gotta get this one now. You look a little cynical. You look, he, he's, no, not like, good. he's not like Drexcellent 6911 or something. <laughs> no, no. Drexcellent 42425. <laughs> Urban Timber. They've got a brand new showroom. Uh, every time that we talk about Urban Timber, Johnny, I find myself just running my hands along this table in front of me. This beautiful white oak creation that we sort of vaguely dreamed up and then they created and they work this absolute masterpiece and we're so grateful for it to have this showpiece in our studio you can check out their brand new showroom in person in west edmonton or online at urbantimber.ca this new showroom they've got gives you a bit of a sense of the varying projects they can do when they're they're absolutely transforming these spaces and I know that we always think of tables because I'm always talking about their tables and they present the Real Talk round table but did you know that they also make butcher block countertops using material from old boxcars? Check out online urbantimber.ca. You click on boxcar and then you can see what they're doing with this reclaimed wood literally from trains Johnny like these boxes this wood tells a story love it the countertops these boxcar countertops they're all like scuffed and scarred and, and beautifully refinished but they tell stories 
absolutely stunning stuff. Uh, custom made to your specs, Urban Timber countertops are truly one of a kind. You can browse online or in person. Check them out at urbantimber.ca. Tomorrow's Real Talk Roundtable presented by Urban Timber is going to take us into the weeds. I love Rick Bell. Uh, Real Talk wants to know Section 3.2 of the constitutionality of... Well, we're kind of going to do that. <laughs> On the Real Talk Roundtable tomorrow, <laughs> a guest lineup, three absolute experts in the field. It's going to be a great one. Presented by Urban Timber at Eden Landscaping. Yeah, sure. They're not going to lie to you. They're, they're not building retaining walls and installing water features when it's minus 25 outside. But what they are doing is pulling real property reports and drafting designs and ordering construction materials and prepping for the very first week that the ground thaws in spring so they can hit the ground running, bringing your outdoor space to life. If you want to, you got that, you know, I'm speaking directly to you. You look at your backyard in the middle of July and you go, we need to do better with this space. It's where you live. It's where you entertain. You want it to be your dream come true. You know who can make that happen? Eden Landscaping. You'll find them online today at landscapeedmonton.ca. If you're looking for a dessert, through the holiday season, doesn't matter what you're celebrating or who you're celebrating with, you can enjoy layers of celebration with a DQ cake. At the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park, they can realize your vision custom made out of their locations in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. We're so excited to have our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park supporting that Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic February 4th. You can learn more about that under the events tab at ryanjesperson.com. And finally, my friends, before we announce the winner of the Real Talk email of the month for the month of November, I want to remind you that if you're out there, miserable roads, depending on where you are right now, I mean, you see what's happening in Vancouver? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like all people, across Canada. People, right yeah, now. people yeah. were stuck on bridges for like six hours in Vancouver yesterday. It's crazy. A lot of people got their summer tires on still. They're dealing with the two-wheel drive. They're I don't just even not think well they have equipped. Tires in Vancouver. I saw a tow truck driver <laughs> quoted on the national last night out of Vancouver. He goes, you know, he says every car I towed today was was with summer tires. He goes, yeah. they shouldn't be out here. Or just the M plus S. They you don't know, have the actual the actual winter rigs. Alberta people know. You know who can switch it over? You'll never guess, John. Ooh. It's our friends at I'm glad you asked. Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. Not only that, not only are they going to look after the rig that you're driving right now. However, if you're looking to upgrade, get into something new, something you can trust. You're going to be hitting the highway with your family. What about a new Dodge Durango or maybe something out of that Jeep lineup? You can browse their selection, new and pre-owned, even schedule service. When's the last time you got your oil changed, my friends? Ooh. Of course, you can also look at pre-ordering that 2023 Dodge Hornet that everybody's getting excited about. You won't find better selection in Alberta than you will at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, it just resonated with you. When's the last time you changed? Well, your, it's it, getting close. Was it just the wake-up call like right it's now like for five, you? It's like 500 kilometers. Like, I should do it now, but it's like 500 clicks and yeah. it be changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had that moment a while ago with one of our vehicles at home. All of a sudden, I was, I was talking to my wife, and I said, Babe, when's the last time you got the oil changed on that rig? And yeah. she was like... Well, I thought you. Look at it. I thought I thought you. And what? then we went. Yeah. We better book that thing in. And I've got a, a newer car, not a brand new car. You know, I just got a new vehicle. Yeah. And, and I won't say the brand because we just came out of an ad spot, but it's got a CVT engine, which is a newer engine to me. It's got like, it's got a ridiculous amount of gears, but it needs uh, special special type of oil and special type of transmission fluid. So I'm trying to keep right on top of it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's never a bad thing to get get it like 
before it hits the marker, right? Before you seize your motor. Before the car actually says, change the fucking oil. Yeah, because you get the the yellow flashing engine block light on your dash, and then then once you get the caution triangle. Once you get the red (laughs) check engine light, that's when you're supposed to just turn it off and call a tow truck, right? No kidding. Well, every month, you know that we are uh, very proud to award a Real Talk email of the month. And the winner um, is selected through a rigorous process. Yes. <laughs> Walks away with a Real Talk official issue studio mug. Uh, if you're not inclined to email us, but you still want to sip your coffee out of a Real Talk studio mug, you can always find them online under the merch link at ryanjesperson.com. But when Kathy wrote into the show a while ago, I kind of had an inkling. It was right after our Remembrance Day broadcast, and I kind of had an inkling that that might be the email of the month for November. And then Janelle wrote in yesterday and janelle wrote in just to say she says i'm just getting caught up on episodes of real talk i've been busy uh wasting she's an alberta public service employee doesn't want us using her last name don't worry about it my friend she says "I've, I've, i've just been wasting taxpayer dollars being an unwilling participant in this massive government reorganization you can hear the cynicism there and the honesty janelle says she says not that my opinion holds weight Spoiler, it does. But I had to say, that Kathy email from just after Remembrance Day, you read it on your November 15th episode, is the most gorgeous piece of real talk, real human writing that I've heard in a while. And she says, and I say this as a lover of the Jillian email. Remember, Jillian's a winner of the email of the month for October. And Janelle says, I am obsessed with your show. I am obsessed with Seriously with you and Sapria. Thank you for keeping it actually real. Well, Janelle, thank you for this. And based on your observations of how Kathy's email resonated with you, Kathy, we are proud to announce you are the winner of the Real Talk email of the month for the month of November. You remember this when Kathy opened her email with that question, that musing that caught everybody's attention? Are assholes born or Mm -hmm. are they made? I liked it. And then she went on to talk about some of the impacts, the fallouts, what we didn't understand or recognize was PTSD and people coming back from world wars. Mm -hmm. She talked about how hurt people hurt people. Uh, Thanks to Janelle for the reminder. You can check it out on our November 15th episode, which you can find in our YouTube archives. You can find it on podcast archives, wherever. So, Kathy, we will be in touch with you. And uh, our general manager, Katie, will make sure that we send a mug directly to your door. Shipping's always free, by the way, when you order merch from Real Talk. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, she is, of course, an institution around here. She's my co-host at SeriouslyPod.com. That's out every Wednesday. Check out yesterday's episode. Sapria DeVetti is back. We're going to get her take from Ontario on what's going on in Alberta right now. And then our Real Talk roundtable presented by Urban Timber will take it on. The bull by the horns, so to speak. All of the unexplored avenues, the relevance, the what-ifs and what-could-bes around this Sovereignty Act. We hope you'll join us tomorrow right here on Real Talk. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook-Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego, Human Resources Lena Shepard, Website Design Mike Johnston, Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. 
Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a Relay Project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.